Don't, don't, don't you like, I like medleys. I, I guess one reason I do is because Martha, since, well, almost before I knew her, when I was just back from the service and heard her sing, and I really didn't know who she was, except kind of by name, heard her sing a medley, putting some gospel songs together, and, and uh, I always like that, particularly when it tells, when it tells such a beautiful story. And uh, then I like taking the way John has done and Martha and the Sound Foundation. Our whole approach was predicated upon the basis of the fact that you could sing secular music because a lot of it has a spiritual message to it if you'll only point it out to folks. And uh, a lot of stuff that we've sung uh, in, in church over the years is so unknown to people. It's like singing in an unknown tongue and a language they don't understand and along comes a secular song, or what's called a secular song. I don't call it secular if it helps people. If it can have a gospel message, or if it can be shown to have a gospel message, then we ought to sing it. And that song, Bridge Over Troubled Water, which was the number one song of the 60s, the troublesome 60s, the turmoil-filled 60s, I think one reason it was liked so, and is liked so, is because it does have a spiritual message to it if we'll see it there. Now, to be sure, you, can, you see what you look for. And uh, in this song, like in many others that the Sound Foundation sang in those years when we went behind the Iron Curtain and could not sing a lot of secular or sacred music or what was known as sacred music unless you sang it along with uh, something like Bridge Over Troubled Water or the Battle Hymn of the Republic, he Ain't Heavy, He's My Brother, songs that ostensibly were secular songs but have a very spiritual message to them. And I think we need to look for the Spirit of God at work in a lot of places. You know, I think the Lord's working a lot more places than we give Him credit for. And we need to be conscious of, about that. Now, I can remember back in the 60s when on a Sunday morning I played, had played over the speaker system here as the special music that morning. Uh, Simon and Garfunkel's Bridge Over Troubled Water. Were any of you here then? May I see your hand? A number of you. You remember it, don't you? I, I remember it. Some people got very upset. A couple walked out. And uh, so times have changed uh, a little bit, but it was a little, I, I grant you that there was some shock in the fact that you sit back and wait for something Handel wrote and over the speaker system comes uh, Simon and Garfunkel on Bridge Over Troubled Water. But when I heard that song, I thought of a passage of scripture and what I want to do tonight for just a few minutes is go back. And I do not know that Simon and Garfunkel were consciously influenced by three stories that Jesus told in the 15th chapter of Luke or not. But the theme of those three stories or three parables follows in a, in a mysterious way, if you like the word mysterious, providential way, if you are so inclined, follows in an amazing way, nonetheless, the theme of the three stories that Jesus told in sequence. As I say, I do not know whether Simon and Garfunkel had ever read the 15th chapter of Luke. 
But I heard Bridge Over Troubled Water and thought about the 15th chapter of Luke. I know many great secular causes, or what are called secular causes, have been inspired by scripture that maybe some people were not aware of. For example, I have been told that Emmett Fox's book, an outstanding Quaker, devoted Christian's book on the Sermon on the Mount was the inspiration for the 12 steps in the program of Alcoholics Anonymous. Emmett Fox's book read by the men who wrote the book and established AA. So you see there's a great deal of relationship between the influence of the gospel upon our secular life and the influence of the world in which we live upon our comprehension of, our perception of the word of God. When you're weary, feeling small, when tears are in your eyes, I'll dry them all. I'm on your side when times get rough, when friends just can't be found, like a bridge over troubled water, I will lay me down. Like a bridge over troubled water, I will lay me down. What man of you, having a hundred sheep, if you lose one of them, does not leave the ninety and nine in the wilderness and go after that which is lost until he find it? And when he has found it, he lays it on his shoulders rejoicing. And when he comes home, he calls together his friends and neighbors, saying to them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep, which was lost. I say unto you, likewise joy shall be in heaven over one sinner that repents more than over ninety and nine righteous people who do not need repentance. The sheep gets lost. Small little sheep, defenseless sheep, helpless sheep. Can you imagine how small a sheep would feel in the Judean wilderness when darkness comes and he can't find his way back? If he could find his way back, he wouldn't be lost. See, sheep have to be led. And when they wander off on their own, grazing off, maybe looking for greener pastures or maybe just accidentally grazing in a direction they think they're being led in, not looking up to check on the shepherd whom they're supposed to be following, trained to follow, maybe for the time being overlooked or ignored by the sheepdogs that were to keep them in grazing line. They fall off to the side, they get caught in the bush, they fall into one of the ravines that are so prevalent in that part of the world and they're lost. And when, when a sheep gets lost in the wilderness, it's rough. 
It's rough. When times get rough and friends just can't be found, or the sheep can't help you, they can't bring you back, they'd get lost in the process. Unlike a dog, the sheep can't find his way home. They don't have that instinct. They're totally dependent and defenseless. Jesus said that he is the great shepherd of the flock. He is the great lover of the sheep. He is the great rescuer of the wandering. The great redeemer of the lost. He's our bridge over the troubled water of alienation. I don't know how that sheep got out there separated from the rest of the sheep. I don't think he was driven out there. I think he drifted out there. He didn't start out that morning to mess up his life. He didn't get up that morning in the sheepfold and say, I'm going to get away from the shepherd today. It just happened. He looked around and he was lost, disoriented, dislocated, out of association. And what did he need? He didn't need somebody to tell him he was lost. He knew he was lost. He didn't need somebody to blame him for being lost. That doesn't bring you back. At that point, he really didn't need any diagnosis on the cause of his lostness. He needed rescue. He needed rescue. He needed somebody on his side. Someone who would take his side. Someone who would identify with him. Someone who cared enough to leave 90 and 9 that was secure and go out after that which was lost. Until he found it. And find it he did. Maybe there's somebody like that here tonight. By lost, I don't mean that if you died right now, you would go to hell. I'm not talking about that kind of lostness. I'm not talking about that kind of saved. Though Jesus Christ has come to save us to life eternal. He has come to save us from eternal separation from him. He has come to do that. I'm talking now about sheep who can get lost. Not lost in the sense that their soul is lost. Not lost in the sense that they're separated from God so far as salvation is concerned. I'm talking about people who get lost so far as their values are concerned. Their relationships are concerned. Their talents are concerned. Their time is concerned. There's a lot about life that can get bent out of shape without Jesus Christ. There's a lot of, about life that can get lost without Jesus Christ. He came to save our souls, but he came to save a lot more than our souls. He came to save everything about life. Everything that gets separated. Everything that gets misplaced. Everything that drifts out of relationships. Everything that gets caught. And can't get loose. He's on our side. Like a bridge over troubled water. When you're down and out, verse 2, 
when you're on the street, when evening falls so hard. Isn't that an interesting phrase? When evening falls so hard, I will comfort you. I'll take your part when darkness comes and pain is all around. Like a bridge over troubled water, I will lay me down. Like a bridge over troubled water, I will lay me down. Jesus said, what woman, having ten pieces of silver, if she lose one of them, lose one of them, does not light a candle, sweep the house, and seek diligently until she finds it. And when she has found it, she calls her friends and her neighbors together, saying, Rejoice with me, for I have found the peace which I had lost. Likewise, I say unto you, there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner that repented. Did you ever hear a better description of a lost coin than verse 2 of Bridge Over Troubled Water? Think about a lost coin. When you're down and out, when you're on the street, when evening falls so hard, I will comfort you. I'll take your part when darkness comes. That's that coin. Got lost? Out of relationship? Out of neglect? Neglect on the part of the, the woman? Neglect of her house? Her responsibilities? She lost a coin, and she couldn't find it. It was dark in there. It was dirty in there, like a street. And so what did she do? Jesus said, you light a candle. If it's dark, light a candle. Don't curse the darkness. Light a candle. Don't blame the coin. Light a candle. She lights a candle. With the light of the candle, she sees the dirt, she sweeps out the dirt, she finds the coin. I'll take your part. I care enough about you to turn on the light. I care enough about you to sweep out the dirt. I'll take your part like a bridge over troubled water. I will lay me down. I will lay me down. Verse 3. Sail on, silver girl, sail on by. Your time has come to shine. All your dreams are on their way. See how they shine. Oh, if you need a friend, I'm sailing right behind. Like a bridge over troubled water, I will ease your mind. Like a bridge over troubled water, I will ease your mind. A certain man had two sons. The younger one 
said to his father, I want the portion of goods that comes to me. And so the father divided his living with his sons. And not many days after, the younger son took everything and went into a far country. And there wasted his substance with riotous living. And when he'd spent everything, there arose a mighty famine in the land. He began to be in want. And he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country who sent him into his fields to feed swine. And he would have filled his belly with the husk that the swine were eating, and no man would give anything to him. And when he came to himself, he said, How many hired servants of my father's have bread enough in despair? And I'm dying. I'm perishing with hunger. I will get up and go to my father and will say to him, Father, get up and go where? Back. Back where? Back where that friend has been sailing right behind all the time. This boy lost out of rebellion. Unlike the sheep who drifted, unlike the coin that was neglected, this boy didn't either. He just rebelled. When somebody walks away, you can cry after them, you can talk after them, you can yell after them, but after a while all you can do is pray after them and you've got to stand there and wait and watch until they turn around. That's what the father did. I'll arise and go to my father. I'll go back where I got off the track. And I will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in your sight, and I'm not worthy to be called your son. Just make me as one of your hired servants. And he got up and he came to his father, but when he was yet a great way off, his father saw him, had compassion, ran, <clears throat> fell on his neck, kissed him. And the son said to him, <coughs> Father, I have sinned against heaven and in your sight, and I'm not worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Bring forth the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet. And bring forth the fatted calf and kill it and let's eat and be merry. For this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And they began to be merry like a bridge over troubled water, I will ease your mind. There's no ease in the pig pen, no ease in the far country, no ease if you come home and make a speech and have to go around to the back door and somehow through the years work your way back into the grace of the Father. No ease there tension there, pressure there. But he comes home to make the speech and the father interrupts him after having run down the road to meet him and thrown his arms around him, kissed him. And the boy started his speech. I have sinned against heaven and in your sight, and I'm no more worthy to be called your son. He had another verse to that hymn, and he never got to write it at home. He wanted to say, he'd planned to say, he'd practiced saying down there to the pigs, make me as one of your hired servants. I'm willing to try to work my way back. I guess that's the way you do it. You come back and do penance. You come back and suffer. The father said to his servants, I want to put this boy's mind at ease. 
get a robe and put it on him. I want to put this boy's mind at ease. Get some shoes and put them on him. I want to put this boy's mind at ease. Put a ring on his finger. I want to put this boy's mind at ease. Kill that calf. Call all our friends. We're going to have a party. Son, the fighting's over. The stress is over. The trying is over. The crying is over. Love's taken over. Grace is taking you. Grace is taking you. I will ease your mind. You don't have to work your way back into love. You don't have to earn your way back into my grace. You're there. You're there. Like a bridge over troubled water. There's a verse of scripture that says, For there is one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself a ransom for all. The word mediator means bridge. The Pope in Rome, whom I admire a great deal personally, I do not agree with all of Roman Catholic theology, but that's not the point, except to say at this point, it's crucial. Pope John Paul is not the pontiff. He's the head of the Roman Catholic Church, but he's not the pontiff. That means bridge. And there's only one bridge. And that bridge is Jesus Christ. Not the Pope in Rome, not the Baptist in San Antonio, not the water in that baptistry, not the elements in the communion, not good works, not religious activity. There is one bridge. There is one way. There is one pontiff over the troubled waters of alienation, neglect, rebellion, and that one bridge over all of your troubled water is Jesus Christ. Trust him. You can walk on him. He'll hold you. You can commit yourself to him. He's dependable. He is the bridge. Trust him. Step out on him. He is the way to God. There is no other. Many roads to him, but only one bridge. The bridge over troubled water is Jesus Christ. I invite you to trust him. I invite you to become a part of a church. If this one, wonderful. If some other, we will help you to join that church. It's not the church that's the bridge, not this or any other. It's Jesus Christ. And so trust him. And if God is leading you to be a part of this congregation, we'll rejoice in that. But if some other, we will rejoice in your finding Jesus Christ. So I urge you to trust him. He's trustworthy. Follow him. He's dependable. Love him. 
because he first loved you. That incomparable bridge over troubled water, Jesus Christ. May we stand and bow our heads. And now, dear Lord, we pray your blessings upon this, your service, and this message about you, which we have tried to say as sincerely as we know how, as, it, as, as honestly as we know how, as clearly as we know how, that you are the way of salvation, you and there is no other, no other name under heaven, no other bridge under heaven given among men whereby we might be saved from alienation, from neglect, from rebellion, from being lost. And so, dear Lord, we pray that in this moment, any here who have never made that decision in their hearts to trust you, the one bridge, the one way, the one truth, the one life, we pray that they will tonight. Or any to come into the life of this church as a part of the demonstration of their faith in you to become a part of this congregation, this company of believers. We pray that decisions will be made that bring honor to you, glory to Christ, and help to each of us. We ask for Jesus' sake. Amen. Let's sing just as I am, and I'll stand right here to share in whatever decision God impresses you to make. Let's sing.